شرفل انبیاء والمرسلین سیدنا و نبینا و شفیعنا محمد و علی آلہ و صحبہ اجمعین و من تبعہم بیحسان الى یوم الدین رب شرح لی صدری و یسل لی امری وحل لقدتا من لسانی یفقہ قولی اما بعد Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, our creator, our sustainer, our protector, our nourisher. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon his beloved and final messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. My brothers and sisters, I hope that you are all doing well through the grace and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I ask Allah azza wa jalla to always keep you and your family members safe. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to always keep you in a state of peace, in a state of iman, a state of health, in a state of happiness in this world, and especially in the next. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. Alhamdulillah, we are seeing some light at the end of this pandemic tunnel with news of, of course, the vaccines being developed, trials being completed, and approvals being granted, and people finally being vaccinated. And subhanAllah, I was reflecting upon this, and we see how much of the world has reacted to this pandemic. It was a seemingly serious threat to our lives and our well-being, with so much concern. And most people, have been willing to go to great lengths. Most people, not everyone, but most people have been willing to go to great lengths to protect themselves in ways that are unimaginable. You know, who could have thought that society would restrict and restrain itself? People protecting themselves or restraining themselves, restricting themselves to protect themselves and their loved ones and to protect others as well. It's so much sacrifice in order to adhere to the rules and to follow guidelines right, that are being uh, rules that have been implemented by uh, public health uh, officials and authorities and uh, governments. So, you know, adherence to follow those rules and those guidelines and being patient in the face of the situation and, and bearing trouble and hardship to adhere to those guidelines and taking all possible steps to protect themselves. This is really an uh, a, a unprecedented response, something that we hardly ever see you know, during the course of our lives, perhaps a once-in-a-lifetime event, to see people respond in such a way to such a, uh, such a global and serious threat. Now, this is all good, alhamdulillah. And this is how a person should respond when faced with a threat. When a person, a reasonable person, and especially a believer, when a believer is aware of a threat, then there should be a response to that threat. Of course, everything that a believer does in terms of taking protections and taking precautions, protecting oneself is grounded with the foundation and trust, the foundation of the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So no action of the believer, no protective action, is, it should be taken without that belief. So that underlying belief is always there. It al should always be present. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who ultimately protects and it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who can ultimately save us. But it is our responsibility to take reasonable measures and to take measures that apparently or seemingly would be beneficial. Now, in this case, the threat was not visible. So the virus is really, really minuscule, 
right? It's really tiny, even compared to other, you know, organisms, compared to other bacteria and other viruses. So it's really, really tiny, but the effects of the virus are visible, physically. And, uh, you know, even though they were not well-documented in the beginning, especially because it was a new disease, but the effects were being seen and they were being shared and people responded accordingly. Similarly, my brothers and sisters, the threats that we face spiritually are even more destructive and even more harmful. But we may not get to see, we may not always get to see their effects. We may not always get to see their, their effects physically in front of us right away. Or even if we do, many times we do see the effects. However, we don't link the effects back to the spiritual root cause. Okay, so I'm trying to do a contrast here. So we see a physical disease, we see its physical impacts, and we see how people have responded. But the threats that we face spiritually are even more destructive and are even more harmful than this virus. Now, this is something to grasp. This is something to wrap our heads around. That yes, this virus or any other illness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created can be harmful, it can be destructive, and we do have a responsibility to take protective measures, to seek cures, all of that pinned with the belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is going to offer or is going to protect us and is going to cure us. So that must be done. However, the spiritual threats that we face are much greater, right? Are much greater, much more destructive and harmful than the physical illnesses such as this virus that we're dealing with right now. So it makes me wonder that we have seen the extent to which we human beings are willing to go to to protect our physical health when it is under threat. But what about our spiritual health? Physically, when we see a threat, any threat, right? If there's flooding, if there's fire, you know, if there's a thief, uh, you know, any, any threat that you can think of that we can physically see or that, you know, we, we can uh, perceive. For those, we know we will respond. But what about our spiritual health, right? The physical, all of these things that we're worried about right now, our health, right? our finances, and right? our well-being, all of these things are mental health, right? mental health of our children, right? All very valid concerns. This is not to diminish the importance of any of these things. These are all very important. Okay, but they last, or they're going to last as long as we are alive in this world. Right? The extent to which they matter is the length of time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has willed for us to live in this on this earth. But the spiritual will last forever. Things that impact our spirituality have a long-lasting impact, not just limited to this world, but going beyond potentially for eternity. Right? So therefore, logically, shouldn't we be taking spiritual threats even more seriously and protecting ourselves even with even greater effort and determination than we are, uh, or as we do with physical or worldly threats, like this virus, like other threats that we may be uh, facing. So let's talk about spiritual threats. So broadly speaking, we face four types of spiritual threats. Okay, if we're going to simplify it in the interest of time and to make it easy to understand, we face four types of spiritual threats. Two that could be considered to be external and two that are internal inside of us. Okay, so two that are external, that come from external sources and two that are 
found inside of us. Number one, things that are in our environment that we are exposed to. Things that are inside in our environment that we are exposed to that either tempt us or challenge our faith. Okay, so these are not things that we find inside of us, but we are exposed to them through the environment that we find ourselves in or through the things that we expose ourselves to. And, you know, this is like, uh, or let me just go through this first. So things that are in our environment that we are exposed to that tempt us or challenge our faith. So this is the first external factor, the external threat that our spirituality faces. Secondly, our thoughts and ideas that come to us and create temptations or doubts. Okay, so one is that we are exposed to things and, you know, they are having an impact on us. Secondly, our thoughts and ideas that come to us. So we may not necessarily be exposing ourselves with such things, but we get thoughts and we get ideas and they create temptations and they create doubts. And this is also an external factor. This is not something that we're doing, but it's coming to us. The third one, and this is the first internal one, things that happen to us that challenge our faith. Okay, so these are things Circumstances that we find ourselves in through no doing of our own, through you know no fault of our own necessarily, and our faith becomes challenged. We start questioning our faith. Our spirituality begins to be questioned and begins to suffer. And fourthly and finally, feelings that tempt us to behave in a spiritually harmful way. So feelings inside of us, right, desires that tempt us to behave in a way which is spiritually harmful, meaning in a way that is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these last two are both internal. So we have two external and two internal. Now, for the first one, the things that are in our environment that we are exposed to, that tempt us and that, uh, or that challenge our faith, you know, this is like the exposure to the virus due to carelessness or due to going out and interacting with a lot of people. Because sometimes people are careless. They are not following guidelines. You know, authorities are saying the biggest spread, the biggest source of the spread of the virus right now are social gatherings, our families, you know, people getting together in their homes and eating together. But, you know, it has no impact to continue to do that. And next thing you know, they contract the virus and they spread it to others through the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So carelessness or, you know, going out and interacting a lot. So people who have to go out, they're working out on the front lines, they're working in hospitals, they're working in stores and other places. Okay, so the key here for this first type of spiritual threat is to control our exposure and our environment. This is where it starts, to control our exposure and our environment. So minimizing the time around people that, that are engaged in actions and behaviors that are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is where you have a choice. You have a choice whether you choose to associate with and to spend time, especially voluntarily, with such people or you don't. Right, the environment that you choose to be in, the type of social circle that you choose to have, the type of friends that you choose to, um, to choose to keep and, to, uh, and choose to interact with. Right? So this is within your control. Um, and you know, cutting off exposure to such material, that which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You choose what you watch on Netflix. You choose you know, the type of books that you read. You choose your friends who you add and you follow on social media who are sending you videos and sharing ideas and thoughts, you have control over that. Nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying that you have to follow these people and you have to be their friends and you have to you know, watch whatever they're forwarding you or whatever they're, 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 they're posting, right? That is your choice, right? You are able to, to, to trim that at least, right? Maybe you, you, don't, you can't cut relations with them, 
but at the very least you have control like you are able to choose whether you want to be exposed uh, to such people and such material right similarly if you are you know listening to a particular you know types of audio whether it's you know music or or any other types of uh, material you know which may be haram um you are making that choice and that is going to have uh, an impact on you and that is going to it, that is a spiritual threat right so these are the things externally that are in your control. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we should be proactive in protecting ourselves right, from the qualities of the successful believers, the qualities of Ibadur Rahman. Right? I mean, similar you know, wording, this is for Qadaf al Mu'minun, you know, the, the, the believers who are successful. Um, those who avoid idle talk, and of course, the word love can be, uh, you know, explained and described in many ways but essentially you know those who actively avoid those who actively avoid things which are not beneficial right conversations talk speech right other actions that are uh, that are useless that, that are not of benefit that are vain right so the the impetus the onus is on us to to divert ourselves right to protect ourselves to steer away from conversations, from environments, from material, from the things that we watch, that we can hear, that we read, that don't contain any benefit, and especially those that can be harmful, right? That lead us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So number one, the control we have within ourselves, right? A lot of times what happens is people will be worried about the other threats, but they're not willing to, or they haven't thought about controlling these first, right? It's like you're worried about flooding, Right, but you're not turning off the tap. Okay, you say no, you know, I'm worried about my how this house is gonna flood and there's gonna be all this damage in the basement and this is gonna happen, that happened, and there's a pipe where there's a tap, you know, that's leaking and that's constantly dripping water, but you're not stopping that first. Right? What is the point of trying to you know worry about damage when you're not taking care of the actual source? Right? So that's number one, brothers and sisters. So protect yourselves. Of course, there may be situations where you're not able to control your environment, maybe because your colleagues are like that. Or maybe you have to be in in, in, in that type of company sometimes. And, you know, that's understandable. But we want to minimize the exposure and keep it only to that which is necessary and cut out the rest. Okay, so that's number two, number one. Number two, thoughts and ideas that come to us and create temptations or doubts. And here we're referring to shaitan. Okay, because there are, you know, two main uh, influences, right? Nafs and shaitan, right? So shaitan being the external one and the nafs being the internal one. So shaitan is obviously going to try to throw you off, is obviously going to try to weaken your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will obviously, you know, will we'll try to create distractions and, and create confusion. Okay, so that is, just take that, that's granted, that that effort is always going to be underway. That effort from shaitan and his, and his, uh, and his uh, team are always, is always going to be on. Right? And the more closer you get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more effort you make, the more desire you have to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more their efforts will also intensify as well. Okay, so just remember that. Just take that for granted. The shaitan will always be trying to steer you away, either in big ways, or if you can't do it in big ways, then in small ways, in many small ways, gradually, away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, that if you're tempted by shaitan, what should you do? In seek refuge, fasta'iz billah. 
seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, surely he is all hearing and all knowing. Okay, so any moment when you feel that there is a, a temptation, a doubt, a, an inkling, you know, a poke coming from shaitan, a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim Right? But how do you build up that initial reaction? Like how do you train yourself? Right? That requires effort as well. Right? To recognize that yes, okay, this shouldn't be happening. Right? So that requires a, 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 a high level of awareness. Being aware. Right? Being conscious and being aware that okay, this is something that is questionable. This should be a red flag on my radar. And you say, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us next, Indeed, when shaitan whispers to those who have taqwa, those who are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they remember their Lord. What do they do? They do dhikr. They remember their Lord. And, and they start seeing things clearly. So the whispers of shaitan, the temptations, they actually create, uh, think of it like a fog. Or a screen, right? That does not allow us to see reality properly. But once we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, so first of all, you know, say, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim when you're tempted by shaitan. And the people who are conscious of Allah, who are mindful of Allah, people of taqwa, what do they do when they're touched by shaitan? When shaitan whispers to them, then they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that clears up the fog and that clears up the confusion. Okay, so this is how we want to train ourselves. That every time we get tempted, we say, A'udhu Billahi Min Shaitan Rajeem. We increase our remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, so that Allah Azza wa Jal removes that fog, removes that, you know, that, that screen from in front of us or that tint from in front of us, and we start seeing reality for what it actually is. And we also learn from the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that reciting Ayatul Kursi, right, reciting the last verses of Surah Al Baqarah regularly, morning and evening, reciting Surah Al Falaq and Surah Al Nas. You know, these are the spiritual weapons that we have, right? Recite these things regularly to be protected from shaitan, okay? To be protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil inclinations of shaitan. Now, of course, he could still intensify his efforts. He could still try to get you, but these are your, your some of the weapons in your toolkit, and this is what you want to be constantly turning to to seek protection, the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn al-Qayyim, rahmatullahi alayhi, he said that ward off the passing thought. Ward off the passing thought. For if you do not do that, it will become an idea. Okay, it starts off as a passing thought. If you don't ward it off, if you don't fight it off, it's going to become an idea. Ward off the idea. For if you do not do that, it will become a desire. Because it starts with a passing thought, then an idea, and it develops into a desire. And at each stage, you have the opportunity to get rid of it. Then fight it. For if you do not do that, it will become a resolve and ambition. If you don't get rid of the desire, it will become a resolve and an ambition. And if you do not ward it off, it will become an action. Okay, so the action doesn't come, in most cases, it doesn't happen right away. Right? There are certain stages from getting the thought to actually carrying it out. Okay? Sometimes it may happen very quickly. Sometimes it may take longer. Okay? But be aware, be conscious that you're actually going through these steps. If you do not counter it with its opposite, he says, it will become a habit. And then it will be difficult for you to get rid of it. SubhanAllah, so true, right? That's how it starts. So fight it from the very beginning, right? Try to nip it in the bud, right in the beginning. But if you don't do it then, you still have opportunities to do it afterwards. But every stage that you allow it to grow or you allow it to pass, then the larger and more serious the threat gets. 
So try to nip it in the bud, okay? And if you're not able to, then try to get rid of it as soon as possible. Because if you don't, it's going to become harder and harder to deal with. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So my brothers and sisters, these were the external factors. Now in terms of internal factors, things that happen to us that challenge our faith. Okay, circumstances we find ourselves in. Okay, things that, you know, uh, something happens in our life, right? Through the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Perhaps you make a mistake. Whatever it is, it's something that challenges our faith. So understand and believe in what Allah and His, uh, His Messenger وسلم, have instructed us to believe in. SubhanAllah, so many time, times when you find that there's a crisis of faith inside of a person, many times it's because perhaps their understanding, right, belief in what Allah and His Messenger وسلم, have revealed, right, have taught us, perhaps had it been fully developed. Maybe there was something lacking. Perhaps they didn't get a chance for it to flourish and for it to grow and for it to strengthen. So, you know, uh, so understanding the aqidah, right? Understanding the creed of our religion and firmly believing in it and increasing our appreciation, recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by reflecting upon his signs. You know, one part of it is to understand. But just because a person understands doesn't mean that they believe, right? A person could be an expert. Some of the greatest academic experts in Islam are not Muslims, okay? They have huge, many degrees, right? Great experts. They understand, but they don't believe, right? So understanding is not enough. You also have to believe. So yes, we study the aqidah. We, 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 we get to learn what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires of us in terms of our belief. We understand the teachings of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but it also has to translate into belief. It has to come into the heart. And that happens spiritually. That happens through the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why solidify your connection with the Quran and reflect upon its meaning because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us at least in a couple of places refer to the Quran as shifa shifa ulima fi sudur right shifa for what lies inside the chest right what is inside the hearts shifa wa rahmatun lil mu'minin right huda wa rahmatun lil mu'minin is um, a mercy and guidance for the believers right so the Quran is a, is, is a very powerful cure of course because it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it has properties to cure, especially that which is in the heart. And what's, what's in the heart, right? The spiritual heart, the doubts, the confusion, the temptations, the desires, all of these things that we find inside of our heart, right? Especially when it comes to uh, uh, crises of faith, right? The Quran is extremely, extremely powerful, right? Reciting, but also reflecting, right? Like taking time to reflect upon the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that was the internal, uh, second, uh, uh, the first of the internal. And finally, feelings that tempt us to believe, to behave in spiritually harmful ways, right? So temptations and desires that come from inside of our nafs, that come from inside of us. And for that, you know, honestly, uh, after we have tried to restrain ourselves, after we struggle against ourselves and we try to control ourselves, we remember what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Remember Allah much, so that you may be successful, right? In every single way. But especially if you want to uh, overcome your temptations, right? For a heart that is constantly engaged in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a heart that is swimming in the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it becomes harder and harder to like a sin or to like sins or to be attracted to sins. And that heart starts disliking and detesting sin, right? That is what we should be aiming for, that our heart is in a condition that when we are tempted or when we are exposed to sin, 
our heart is actually not attracted to it, but rather it finds it detest it detests it and it, and it finds it undesirable. Right? It wants to turn away from sin. It wants to turn away from that which is haram, because there's no attraction in it. Right? That is the state that we want to be in, and to get to that state, right, a key element is increasing the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Right? Uh, a high dose of dhikr. What does it do? It increases taqwa. It increases the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you start, you know, temptation comes, you think of a sin, and you're reminded because you're so used to remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you remember Allah. Right? So what happens? On the one hand, you have the sin and the temptation. On the other hand, you have the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always going to overpower, almost always going to overpower the temptation. Right? So, uh, so a high dose of dhikr, it takes out the attraction from sin. It takes away the attraction from sin and it builds spiritual strength, strength to overcome temptations and evil desires. So I was listening to a shaykh once and he put it very simply. He says, you know, nowadays, you know, people say, okay, yes, there's so many challenges, so many struggles, especially for the youth. You know, there's so much temptation. There's so many opportunities to commit sin. You know, it sounds like a very complicated issue. However, the reality of it is very simple, right? It's a zero-sum equation. If your remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is low and your exposure to sin and that which is displeasing to Allah is greater, Guess which one is going to overpower, right? But on the other hand, if you increase the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it overcomes the sins and the temptations, right? So it really is a question of matching, not matching, but increasing, right? The dosage of the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to match, right? Or, or, or uh, to uh, in relation to the amount of sin and temptation that one finds themselves in, right? So just increase the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it will make it much easier to overcome those sins and those temptations. So a high dose of dhikr and awareness, uh, or sorry, dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which re leads to taqwa and awareness of Allah azza wa jal. Right? And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ right? So therefore remember me and I will remember you. And how do you remember Allah? By praying, by glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the recitation of the Qur'an, to the uh, azkar and the tasbihat. And most importantly, when we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, Allah azza wa jal remembers us. And indeed, ultimately, it is only Allah who grants spiritual fortitude to resist temptations and sins. Now, we can say all of these things. That, yes, you should do this and you should do that. And we should absolutely do it. But the objective of it is to get this strength from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? Because even the greatest of people can be tempted. These temptations from nafs and shaitan, they, they can get really anyone. Right? So at the end of the day, it's through the grace and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a person is protected. Right? But how do we appeal to the grace and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It is through all of these things and through especially increasing the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my brothers and sisters, uh, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course has many virtues, but it also helps to polish our hearts of the effects of sins and spiritual diseases. Whenever we commit a sin, right, what does Allah SWT tells us in the Quran, Surah Al-Mutafifin, right, So there is a rust, there is a spot, there is a stain that comes onto our spiritual hearts every time that we sin. And what is the polish for that? What is that which removes it? It's the dhikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. The tawbah and the dhikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Similarly, when it comes to spiritual diseases that we have, right? again, we're protecting ourselves from physical diseases, Right? We are also very, very vulnerable to spiritual diseases. So fighting the spiritual diseases, how do we fight them? 
again to the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First, of course, by doing what they ask us to do, so being aware and fighting against them by forcing ourselves to do the opposite. Okay, so you feel lazy, right? You have a spiritual disease of laziness, and you don't want to get up to pray, fajr, right? You're all up, you see the time, and you just don't, you got to force yourself. You have to force yourself. You have to fight against it, right? You're laying down. You don't feel like, you know, standing up for the head. Okay, you got to force yourself, right? Anything else that we find ourselves tempted to challenge ourselves, right? To do that which is good and to, to protect ourselves from that which is uh, haram or that which is looked down upon. So, uh, the dhikr being the polish of the hearts to purify our hearts from the effects of sins and also to rectify the spiritual diseases that are found in our hearts. So, my brothers and sisters. Let us hold fast to our prayers. Okay, I know we all go through ups and downs. Ramadan is a part, you know, was a long time ago. Ramadan is, is still a few months away. So it's not on our radar. You know, there's a lot of work. It's, the, you know, the holiday season coming up and, you know, end of year. Like there's tons of stuff that is going on. Okay, let us renew our, our passion for our prayers. Right? Hold fast to our prayers. Try to improve the quality of our prayers and our, our adherence to, our, uh, to the timings and so on. Increasing the sunnah and the nawafit, right? Perhaps we're starting to slack off. Perhaps we started after Ramadan or during Ramadan. We had we were on a high and we said, okay, we had a resolve that you know we were we uh, we resolved had a resolution. You know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to offer this extra and that extra. But perhaps it has it has started to you know to to wane off. Or perhaps we were coming to the masjid to the masala before regularly for salah, but then the pandemic struck and we said, okay, you know, let us stay home, let us be safe, let us. Uh, but not for other matters. So we're still going shopping everywhere. We're still attending weddings. We're still attending, you know, gatherings that are happening that perhaps may not should not be happening, or maybe they're allowed. You know, we're going out. We're doing other things. We're still meeting with our families in our people's homes secretly when they were not supposed to be. When it comes to offering salah, we say, no, no, it's a pandemic. I don't want to come for salah. Seriously, like, is that fair? Is that fair? Or are we like, you know, slacking off maybe when we shouldn't be, right? So let's ask ourselves these questions. If you have a legitimate excuse, a legitimate reason, that's perfectly fine, of course, right? Or if a person is not going anywhere and they're not coming for daily prayers, uh, uh, okay, that's understandable as well. But if a person is going and doing everything else, but when it comes to salah, no, it's the pandemic. Come on. Okay, alhamdulillah, salah is open for Fajr, for Maghrib, Isha, other masajid are open. Yes, maybe you need to register. Maybe there's a little bit of effort. No, it's okay. It's nothing major, right? Like you can still do it. Alhamdulillah, people are coming for Fajr. People are coming for Isha. Uh, you know, so like it's it's doable, right? So a reminder for myself and for all of us, you know, listening to the recitation of the Quran, you know, inspirational uh, lectures that bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, taking time out to do the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not just in passing, but as something which is important. Even five, ten minutes a day can have a huge impact in a person's spiritual life. You know, increasing the istighfar, increasing tasbih, salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and all other forms of the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So brothers and sisters, as the world focuses on building physical immunity, let us also build our spiritual immunity to protect ourselves from harm, not only in this world, but also in the hereafter as well. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to protect us from all that is physically harmful. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from that which is physically and spiritually harmful in this world and uh, for for us in this world and in the next. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Uh, just a friendly reminder, my brothers and sisters, uh, that our Rise with uh, Shukr campaign, alhamdulillah, has reached 22% of its target. Um, if you remember, we are trying to reach $300,000 by the end of the year, by December 31st. Uh, inshallah, alhamdulillah, you know, even with the pandemic going on,
on and all the you know the challenges that we faced alhamdulillah our activities have as most of you know alhamdulillah we've had over uh, you know 70 uh, lectures and programs uh, conducted online alhamdulillah um, or also in person like this uh, with all the safeguards in place uh, we've had 3300 hours alhamdulillah of material that's been watched online 25000 plus views on youtube alhamdulillah for our programs and lectures uh, classes have been ongoing al madina school hikmah school online uh, TriStar Academy, so you know over 300 hours of educational instruction. Alhamdulillah, uh, you know food donations. So you're probably aware we had a campaign. We've actually done it twice now. Alhamdulillah, to provide uh, halal meat to the, the to the local food bank, so that it goes out uh, to whoever needs it. Over 500 pounds of meat donated. Alhamdulillah, we also collect zakat funds to distribute to the needy locally. Uh, Alhamdulillah, 47,000 dollars plus in zakat funds, zakat al-mal, and zakat al-fitr that have been distributed. Alhamdulillah, and of course there's there's much more that we're trying to do. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept uh, from all of us, especially those brothers and sisters who have supported us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and, and make it uh, on your scale uh, of good deeds on the Day of Judgment. Amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Um, and the idea is that, you know, we're doing all of this sort of virtually or just like out of this space. Uh, but inshallah, if we have our much needed masjid and center, we'll be able to do much more that we need to do uh, through your uh, your support and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I want to say jazakumullah khairah to everyone who has uh, donated already. If you haven't had the chance, uh, please do so today. Uh, of course, the machine's outside, uh, and uh, you can also give online at kanadamuslims.ca slash donate. Um, the tax receipts, of course, will give you up to 40% back, inshallah, uh, on your tax return next year. Jazakumullahu uh, khairah. Let us make dua. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka al-shukru kulluhu wa ilayka yurja'u al-amru kulluhu. على نيته وسره اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين والله please forgive us for all of our major and minor sins يا رب العالمين والله please purify our hearts of all types of disbelief incorrect beliefs and hypocrisy and unlawful desires يا رب العالمين O oh Allah, please grant us spiritual fortitude, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, please grant us immunity from sins, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, please grant us spiritual strength so that we are able to ward off all types of uh, uh, temptations and all types of doubts, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, please fill our hearts with the light of Iman and with the strength of Taqwa, with the love for you and your book and your beloved, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, please purify our minds of all the evil thoughts that it contains. O oh Allah, so much junk in our minds and our hearts. O oh Allah, please purify our minds and our hearts, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, please envelop us all in your unseen protection, physically, spiritually, mentally, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, please cure all of those who are ill, who are facing hardships and struggles with regards to their health, Ya Rabbul Alameen. O oh Allah, our elder sister in pain and weakness, brother and sister living in love with long-term pain and injuries, our elder pioneers, Dr. Habibur Rahman, Brother Mumtaz, and others facing cancer and other illnesses, Oh Allah, and all of those who are ill, who are injured, family members who are suffering from COVID-19 and other illnesses. Oh Allah, you are the cure and the healer. Oh Allah, please grant them all a speedy and complete recovery, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, all of your servants who are in hospital at this moment. Oh Allah, all of those who are in pain. Oh Allah, all of those who are in stress and anxiety. Oh Allah, please grant relief to all of them, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Oh Allah, oh Allah, please remove all trials and hardships. From the lives of our brothers and sisters, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Rabbana Dhalamna Fusana wa Illam Tafilana wa Tarhamna Lanakuna Namin al Khasirin. Allahumma Fillin Mu'minina wal Mu'minat, wal Muslimina wal Muslimat, Rahya Iminhum wal Amat, Inna Kasami Ummajibu Dawat. Allahumma Inna Salukal Akfa wal Afia, 
والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره اللهم انا نسالك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم اصبر علينا لباس الصحه والعافيه واجعلها عونا لنا على طاعتك ومرضاتك يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم ارنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه اللهم احسن عاقبتنا في الامور كلها واجرنا من خزي الدنيا وعذاب الاخره اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق واعمالنا من الرياء والسنتنا من الكذب واعيننا من الخيانه انك تعلم خائنه الاعين وما تخفي الصدور اللهم انا نعوذ بك من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا اللهم انا نعوذ بك من قلب لا لا يخشع ودعاء لا يسمع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن علم لا ينفع اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك واغننا بفضلك عمن سواك اللهم انا نعوذ بك من الهم والحزن والعجز والكسل والبخل والجبن وضلع الدين وغلبه الرجال اللهم عز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم الف بين قلوب المسلمين ووحد صفوفهم واصلح قادتهم واجمع كلمتهم على الحق يا رب العالمين اللهم حرر فلسطين والمسجد الاقصى يا رب العالمين اللهم احفظ وانصر اخواننا واخواتنا في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المستضعفين في كل مكان وحقق لهم النصر والفتح المبين يا رب العالمين وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلق محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين brothers and sisters who are at home please offer for the prayer those who are registered for friday prayer please come at your